Hi, and welcome back to This Week in Voice, Season 4, Episode 11. Today is Thursday, November 21st, 2019. We are really thrilled to have two special guests on the show. Before I get to them, I'm, I will mention uh, we've had some major announcements this week with Project Voice. You don't know what Project Voice is. It's time you learn. Project Voice is the number one event for voice tech and AI in America coming the week after CES. Um, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, and Samsung are all presenting sponsors alongside Mercedes-Benz, Mayo Clinic, and many others. We're expecting 3,000-plus attendees. That includes you listening to the show. That includes the two guests that are here. They're going to be uh, part of the proceedings, and it'll be fun to have them there. Um, and uh, we're excited about it. To learn more about it, go to projectvoice.ai. So we are thrilled to have two fantastic guests on the show. Our first is Mary Alice McMorrow. Mary Alice, say hello. And take, take it off mute. Hello, how are you? Doing good, doing good. Mary Alice, thank you very much for being part of the show with us. You um, have had sort of an interesting seat uh, for a lot of stuff that's happened over the last couple of years with your role at EarPlay. You, you do super interesting work. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Um, we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. Um, yes, um, my path is probably a little less traditional than some, but um, I'm a brand marketer by trade. Um, what does that mean? Um, that means that I've been in marketing a very, very long time and have finally found my way to voice through um, my friends at EarPlay. Um, for those who don't know who EarPlay is, EarPlay has been um, a leader um, on the interactive audio storytelling side of the voice community. Um, I met them about two and a half years ago, I'm not kidding, through LinkedIn. Um, but here in Boston, uh, they've been leading a charge for almost six years. Um, definitely innovators, pioneers. They were, um, in fact, uh, Bradley Developers of the Year um, at Alexa Conference last January. Um, but I've been fortunate enough to work with John, Dave, and Bruno, who are, again, bringing that interactive storytelling uh, to all voice-enabled devices. Um, but my role with them is an advisor, um, again, focusing on marketing. And the flavor of marketing that I work on um, does focus a lot on the brand and consumer. Uh, when I talk to people that I meet at conferences and voice, I tell them I'm a 2.0 girl. So I am part of the voice community that has come along who's interested in um, helping to grow what's been built and what's been pioneered. Um, so I'm very excited to be here today to talk about uh, what's in the news this week. Excellent, and we appreciate you being part of the show. I, I love the description 2.0 girl. You know, <laughs> I'll leave the girl, you, that's the, you can call yourself whatever you want, but the 2.0 part, um, that resonates because that's sort of where we're at. Mary Alice, thank you for being part of the show. Thank you. Our second guest is Lauren Helmer. Lauren, say hello. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Lauren, you and I go way back, uh, back to uh, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, we graduated high school together. Um, really, really fortunate uh, to have Lauren uh, edit more than just weather and music. You like how I have this copy just yeah. <laughs> here? Um, yeah, that was uh, completely unintentional. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Lauren is a phenomenal editor, phenomenal uh, publishing person, and we wanted to have her on the show. Lauren, tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Tell us about yourself. Yeah, so thank you again for having me. Um, I am a book editor and freelance writer, and um, I actually um, went to school at Boston University, uh, Mary Alice, um, where I went to a conservatory-style program um, for acting. So um, I have that background as well. I signed with an agent in New York City. And so um, as an editor, what's really great about that is that I'm able in books that have more of a narrative to sort of infuse story into it and dialogue and emotion. And so that's where I'm, I'm, you know, kind of melding all of my passions together in book editing. And then also editing all different types of things. So what's really great about um, more than just weather and music was I don't have an Amazon Alexa or any sort of smart speaker in my house. And so (laughs) as Bradley knows, um, it was a really big learning experience for me, um, you know, fact checking and learning all the little nuts and bolts of this brand new world for me. So that was really interesting. Lauren, I think uh, extremely highly of you. You have the, the the misfortune to have worked, you know, to to, to work with me. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, you recovered well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're I'm excited for what 2020 will bring, and certainly anybody looking for for content uh, uh, need to give you a call. But the thing the thing that's great about you, Lauren, is that your background, you know, in the liberal arts. And just with, uh, you know, everything that you did uh, in your collegiate career and then thereafter, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a very healthy intersection between voice um, and voice technology and conversation design and all of that stuff um, with the types of things that are in your background, you know, language arts, essentially. And um, so it's uh, what I'm trying to say is we're happy to have you on the show. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So with that... We will get to the news. And story number one, musical chairs, Sonos acquires Snips, Spotify opens free tier to Alexa devices. And this is interesting. I was just putting the, the news together uh, late yesterday and had no clue that Sonos had acquired Snips. So Snips was one of the earliest guests on Voice First FM. I had them on a show called Artificial Intelligence that we do, you know, sporadically, uh, to put it generously. And um, just a fascinating conversation with with Rand Hindi, who's the CEO. And here they are, just yesterday, the news hits that they were acquired for $37.5 million. Um, But this article dives into a lot of detail on... um, different things oriented around smart speakers and music. And Mary Alice, I'm going to start with you. What, um, you know, this, this article sort of bounces all over the place. What, what did you take away, if anything, from this? What, what should we um, be thinking about when you see some of these uh, movements out of, out of the market? Um. I actually, I think about this a lot. Um, I've been following music and what it means to uh, consumers for a very, very long time. One of my favorite commercials of all time is the original iPod commercial back in 2003. And if you really think about it, um, we're kind of at another point 
in music where consumers um, continue to be so deeply involved with it. I think it's wonderful, wonderful that acquisitions and also content going on to different platforms is accelerating. I think it's actually really important specifically for the voice community um, because I feel that music is like trial. It, it's a way to invite more people to come into the community, to, you know, experiment, to try it and to participate. Um, that's not requiring a lot of work. Um, so I think the streaming side of it is important. I'm, I'm glad to see, you know, our friends uh, in the hardware side um, really committing um, to bringing it to their audiences, to the people who own it. Um, but basically, when I think about it specifically from a marketing standpoint, I think it's really smart what's happening um, because we need more people um, to have ways into um, participating in voice. And, you know, this is a sign um, almost every week. <laughs> There's some news about streaming um, and particularly music right now, as well as podcasts that I think is uh, showing us all that everything is heading the right direction. Lauren, I'll ask you the same question. You know, from your standpoint as as a as a voice layperson, you know, you don't have the smart speakers in your house. You haven't been moved to to add those. You know, uh, prior you know prior to our project together, um, but obviously you've seen what's been happening. When you look at an article like this and you see some of these things going on, you know, just share, share with us your thoughts um, on anything you've gleaned from the article, as well as just whether this moves you uh, more toward being in favor of having smart speakers in the home or not. Yeah. So uh, when I, the part of the article that uh, struck me was the, um, the Spotify um, becoming, and I thought, well, that would be, that's my dog in the background. My apologies. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's better than Alexa going off. That's normally what we have going off about this. This time in the show, is someone's uh, Alexa device goes off. So don't, no worries. Keep going. Okay. Um, but I personally enjoy Spotify. So for me, that was like, well, that'd be great. It would just make the user experience with um, the speaker more streamlined, in my opinion. So that as a user, as a consumer, I guess it sort of drew me in from that aspect. Yeah, cool. And so, um, you know, I'm interested, Sonos has sort of been making some interesting moves. Um, and I love the acquisition of SNPs. I'm going to be interested to see how they incorporate that into what they do. But yeah, seeing Spotify, um, you know, add this free tier, you know, Spotify's always had the free tier, but um, people being able to, to hear, you know, access the free tier, through Alexa devices, um, nothing to be upset about there. I think that's, that's, you know, music to my ears, not to be stupid about it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> um, Spotify, you know, there was rumors that Spotify was creating a smart speaker of their own and it wasn't just rumors. It was actual news. And we haven't seen that. That's, that's probably six to nine months ago. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with y'all. It all shapes up to, to, be a nice sort of uh, prologue to uh, what ought to be a pretty active 2020. Any closing thoughts on this story? 
Just one thing, I, I really hope as all of this continues to unfold that we help the consumer follow along. Um, things are happening so fast in voice. I think about this often. It's kind of hard for somebody who's just joining. Um, you know, they have that first speaker um, to keep up. Um, so I, I'm looking forward as things continue to become uh, more accessible and people become more interested that there's also some educational marketing along the way to help people follow along um, because I think that can only help us to get to deeper um, you know, experiences, much like your book, um, deeper experiences in voice. And I, I think that's something that's missing right now is a little bit of educational marketing. I'm glad you mentioned that. I was gonna, I was gonna bring this up. <laughs> People are listening to the show. Don't know what I'm doing. I'm holding the book in front of the camera. Read this. Read this. Amazon Alexa. More than this. this. More than music right. and voice. <laughs> there you go. Excellent. This show is already. Uh, this is vaulted into the top 99.9. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I completely agree, Mary Alice, and I, I hope that um, it just goes to what you said to start the show, like the 2.0 mentality. That's what we all need to bring and. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, story number two, gearing up for Black Friday, deals abound on smart speakers. So once again, um, it's been like a steady drumbeat. Every time there's some major consumer event, like Amazon, whatever the Amazon day, Amazon day, whatever that thing is they do in the summer, uh, Black Friday, um, the holiday season itself, um, we've just sort of come to expect that there's this uh, avalanche of purchasing of smart speakers. And every year for the last couple of years, we haven't been wrong. Um, we've been more and more right. And, um, but it's, it's tough because you don't want to take it for granted. And you wonder, when will it stop? When will we, you know, the people who have been the early adopters, when are they going to have enough of these things in their house? For the people who uh, have been reluctant to get in the game, what's it going to take for them? You know, I think we're learning that too. And so, Lauren, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts when you looked at this article? And um, just share with us uh, some of your perspective on, um, you know, Anything that you saw, anything that you've seen with Amazon or Google, any Black Friday things that that, that might have caught your eye? Yeah, so um, I think uh, obviously, you know, like I said, I don't have them, so these deals are very enticing um, for me. And um, one thing that caught my eye was I, I didn't know what tile stickers were, and and it was almost suspect. Some of the deals were so good, I was like, what? what are they trying to give these away for such cheap prices? And all you have to do is buy a sticker and then you get the whole thing for free. And then I looked up tile uh, stickers and um, I just found, uh, I found that very, almost very interesting. That um, it was almost like th they had tiles on their water bottles. And I just feel like um, there's a lot of things being like lost. Um, and I don't know that, I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that, but, um, I found, um, I feel like the, um, ask my buddy type, the, the productivity, um, type, 
I'm sorry, I'm kind of rambling. You might have no, to. No, no, you're, you're good. You're good. So the tile thing is interesting. I, I happen to see that myself. I've had people buy, um, I had uh, a family member buy me a tile and I never used it. And so my wife started using it. And then I had somebody else say I needed to get one. I was like, so I'm keenly aware of that of that device, um, and uh, it's only a matter of time stuff like that becomes voice enabled because there's a lot of things you could do with that. But I'm I'm curious, Lauren, from your standpoint, I, we might have talked about it a little bit. I don't I don't think we really dove into it. Is the reason that you have not purchased an Alexa device because it simply is uninteresting? And it's just something that you never really even thought about. Or is it because it was a conscientious rejection based on its, you know, surveillance technology, um, you know, and, and, and the thought process along those lines? Which, which one was it more of? It was, honestly, it was more of the sort of surveillance aspect of uh, <laughs> sure. being listened to and hearing stories in the news of, um of, um, you know, I, I just being able to be accessed and listened to in some scary sounding scenarios. Um, and uh, so there is still, I still have a lingering feeling of mistrust. And for instance, the tile sticker made me uh, figuring out what that was. It was sort of comical. It was like watching um, an ad where, you know, they're, they're trying to sell a new type of mop and, and the actors are are forced to make it look like it's hard to use a broom, you know, <laughs> like this, uh, that's what it made me think of. It's like, you're going to lose your teddy bear. You're, you're going to, I mean, I think it's good to have skills like knowing where your keys are and knowing, you know, keeping up with things. Um, and the guy had a, you know, so I don't know. I just, I'm very skeptical still. And I don't know, I no, don't want to offend anyone in this industry because you don't a know. Lot of exciting. It's, it's far from offending. It's we're, we're, we're craving perspectives like yours. And that's what Project Voice is about, frankly. That's what it's about. Because everybody understands, and I, I, this now I'm getting into sort of my spiel on Project Voice, and I didn't mean to. I'm, I'm, coming, <laughs> I'm coming right back to you, trust me. But with Project Voice, um, you know, there, there's, everybody understands the optimism and the potential of the technology. It's easy to understand from an accessibility standpoint. That's easy to understand who might benefit from that. Uh, it's easy to understand how um, in a lot of different use cases, it can simplify your life if it works properly. Um, and if it, in, and all of these things, if, if the trade-off is not that you're, um, you know, giving up your privacy, you know, more than you've already given up with, with this. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there. And, and that's, you know, Project Voice is about um, bringing that skepticism and, and fully fleshing out the good and the bad and the ugly. So that's, um, I think you're the first person on the show who has not had a smart speaker at all. It's <laughs> um, fantastic. How did it take us four seasons to do this? I don't know. So because this is, this is you want to talk 2.0, you're looking yeah. right at it. Yep. 2.0 is people who don't have a smart speaker yet who are sitting there saying, um, why, mm -hmm. like, why, why would I, like, why would I do that? Like at any price? And, and I take it Lauren that, so, 
um, I would be interested to hear you sort of expound on, you know, because uh, you talked about stuff being free and they're trying to give it away. That's what they're trying to do with these devices. And Amazon themselves had conversations on, you know, do we need to give these things away for free? Same thing for Google with the Google Home Minis and whatnot. And in many cases, they've given them away for free as part of promotions. So they sort of disguise it. But the thing is, when you give something away to somebody for free, it has no value. So it's sort of easy come, easy go. And so they've got to walk this line of making it, you know, giving it this sort of price, but then looking for all these different strategic opportunities to give it away for free. My question for you, Lauren, just to follow up is um, share, you know, just sort of expound on what it would, what would it take? You know, we, you um, are skeptical of the surveillance, which many people are, that's not anything new. That's not, not a surprise in the slightest. Uh, we just went through a project where you're much more aware than most of some of the functionality uh, of Alexa devices specifically. In conjunction with some of the Black Friday deals, um, I get the sense that you're unmoved um, as a consumer. And of course, I'm going to be sending you some devices. You can use them or not. But <laughs> that, that, that aside, what would it take for, for you to uh, enter the smart speaker ballgame? Or is it just not possible? I'm, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. Yeah, so I have I have answers for this. So um, I, first of all, seeing those deals, it did make me skeptical. I was like, especially coming from that dubious nature that I have surrounding the surveillance aspect of it. I'm like, why do they want me to have it so bad? They're basically giving it to me for free. <laughs> so yeah. it made me even more skeptical in, in, a, in a sense. But from my editorial experience working on more than just weather and music, and I even, I told you this in the process, you know, um, learning about all of the very useful things that it could do almost made me want to just forego, you know, like I have with the smartphone, you know, just forego any privacy because <laughs> there's so many cool things that it does. I mean, as a mom, um, the things that it, you know, could help me with, with my children, the choppers, just having them have a, you know, brush their teeth for the right amount of time. I mean, there's so many useful little everyday things. Like I would love to be able to tell a, my vacuum cleaner to vacuum my house at 5.30, you know? Um, so just learning all those things. Um, it, yeah, I think it's, a, it's an educational curve, like Mary Alice was saying. That's interesting. Mary Alice, you just heard all that. What, what, what's your, that's just, uh, that's almost an identical restatement of what you just said a minute ago about it, how educational marketing is at the forefront of all this. Your, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, I I'll share with you. I was in the toy business for 15 years. So when you talk about black Friday, that's pretty much our most important day as well. Um, so, um, you know, I understand why they're giving them away. They're competing in a universe that's actually outside of voice. Um, they're just following standard marketing and sales practices. So, you know, reading this article, I was, that was very familiar to me, but I think what kind of is underlying to me when I think about Lauren, and I love referencing this, Edison Research has put out a couple of studies talking about um, how people feel about actually either owning or not owning smart speakers. And what's interesting is the privacy aspect is equally concerning to those who own and don't own. Isn't that remarkable? 
equally concerning to those who own smart speakers and who don't. So I think privacy is a big issue that collectively, I think as a voice community, we need to lean in on um, maybe some to educate, but also some to um, kind of make sure for the future we're serving as many people's needs as possible. And I think if we um, have a healthy conversation, be it you know at Project Voice or elsewhere, um, I think those are going to be really important in 2020 if you're talking about you know, how many people are going to buy those second or first, you know, smart speakers. And so I think that's going to be huge in 2020 um, as far as a topic that we're going to hear a lot more about. Um, but going a little bit further, um, something that um, comes to mind when I think about um, these deals, I would love and you know, I'm sure there are people, maybe our friend Brett, <laughs> who could help us with this. But I think we need to measure this year under $50 um, purchases, you know, for the holiday season and over $50. And the reason I use that is almost all the deals and discounting um, that go into that $20, $30 range. Um, I think those are more likely to be new people who are just coming in. And I would like to see the pace of growth um, of those new users. Um, they could be second users too, but I would really like to watch that. But then if you kind of measure this season, who's over 50, uh, when you start getting into smart hubs, you know, smart homes, connectivity, really immersive adoption of voice, um, I'd really like to see kind of how those two are moving and they all seem to be lumped together. So um, that's just something that's on my mind right now is, you know, how is this playing out in, in the home? You know, how, how is this um, unfolding and what are the opportunities ahead? Um, so that's one thing I'd like to see at Black Friday is maybe some more slicing and dicing of some of this data. Yeah, I, I would too. Um, I was just in Best Buy the other day and I saw... Um, Whatever that HomePod competitor for Alexa is, mm -hmm. is it the studio? Whatever that big old thing is, that's that that um, I think there's there there may be two of them. There's a subwoofer, and then there's um, one that I think is a, just a big speaker. I they may be two different devices. I should know this, and I just don't. Um, but uh, you know, those were premium priced. I saw the Echo Show, um, the bigger one. I want to say that's like what 150 bucks? Yeah, I, it, you know, you're you're really talking 150 bucks up. Um, some of them have uh, built in, like Echo has a hub built in on some of the higher, pricier models, and then there's a whole nother world of these other devices that are helping different languages of different devices to coordinate you know, into one way for you as a user to control it. But, you know, I'd be interested to see what's going on uh, for people who have become comfortable um, with their voice experience and their devices and are now growing those devices. I think that would be interesting to hear more about. I agree. And I think one of the things, too, that you're sort of, you, that, that you'd be tapping into whoever did something like that is that I, it, I, have, I really haven't seen this discussed very much. I've, I've heard it talked about briefly at a conference or two, but the fact is that when you look at smart speakers and you see that Amazon's leading the charge, it's well known about Amazon's customer base that they're more affluent and they're more educated. Mm -hmm. And how much of that 
is you know the the adoption of the technology how much of just the sheer inherent nature of amazon's customer customer base may be disguising you know maybe it's disguising the true uptake of smart speakers or maybe it's not you know but i think that it, it's every conversation around amazon's um, and and some of them do some of them don't but every conversation around the smart speaker adoption, the Alexa ecosystem needs to like the very next sentence out of somebody's mouth needs to be who that customer is, because, you know, um, I agree. It would be interesting to see um, 20 to $30 purchases versus $200 purchases in the ecosystem. Who's buying it? Um, because it doesn't feel like, and we saw the, the, the devastating numbers from Google in, in the third quarter um, that, uh, that came out, um, I think that's probably just a, a, a blip, but, um, you know, Google, Google's got a different sort of, uh, audience mm-hmm. and how many of, are, are those people willing to buy at that higher echelon? You get the feeling like they're not <clears throat> because you, every time you turn around, you don't see Google advertising those higher end products like Alexa, like Amazon has done a little bit more of. So, yeah, I, I agree. We, there is some slicing and dicing to be done and it would be interesting to see, I'm sure, yeah, leave it to Brad or leave it to somebody to do it. And I think I think one thing to the audience participation that you were talking about, um, you know, the mobile voice usage, um, so to step away from smart speakers for a second, um, you know, just recently, Edison, uh, the, re- the smart audio report, I mean, mobile is off the charts. I mean, it, it's just growing at leaps and bounds. So I, I do think there's participation in voice by everyone. Um, and I do think smart speakers is kind of an, uh, a part of that. And I think slicing and dicing any or all of that would be really fascinating. Lauren, I have a question for you before we get on to the next story. What type of phone do you have? Uh, you have an Android. Android? Oh, you have an Android? Okay. Yeah. Do you have Google Assistant on your phone or no? Or Bixby? Uh, it, or none of the above? I, no, no, I don't use it. Sometimes it turns on when I'm tran- transcribing uh, interviews and it drives me insane. <laughs> okay. It just turned on on my phone and I'm trying to... <laughs> Please, please stop. <laughs> um, I was just curious uh, because, um, you know, mobile's another touch point. So you just, so if you could deactivate it on your phone, you would. That's what I'm yes. hearing. Okay. Yes. Good, good to know. That was great. Uh, great okay. commentary all the way around there. Did you have uh, closing thoughts there, Lauren? Yeah, I was just um, listening to you talk about the audience of Amazon and, and that was a something that struck me in the article, you know, about these devices being sold at Walmart, which I didn't realize they were. And, you know, I go to Walmart, um, you know, when I'm, you know, uh, low on money and need, or I need something at a cheap price point. And I just don't see that the the customer who's always going to Walmart being someone who, uh, you know, and, and I think for the most part, I mean, people who are struggling financially, I don't see them as users. And so like, I think that's a big segment of the population, um, that, you know, that needs that, that education piece as well, you know, and that, because as, as a, you know, I write about interiors sometimes and it, the smart home aspect that makes it, that's another way that it's come into my consciousness is seeing all of the uses that it's, you know, our homes are becoming smart. And that makes me 
even more want to have a speaker that can say, turn the air conditioning up or turn it down or dim the lights, you know? And so from that aspect of living in it, that brings it much more into um, my consciousness as something that's valuable. I love bringing up Walmart because I remember um, going into Walmart, it was the holiday season this past year and they had a huge display of um, Google Home Minis, um, which is like the equivalent of the Echo Dot for Google Home, for, for Google, um, the small thing. And uh, they were bundled with this uh, children's read-along read book um, from Disney. And um, I think that was just it. There was the book in the package and then the Google Home Mini. And it's this bundle, and uh, they have this app, you know, what they call Google Action, as opposed to Alexa Skill. This Google Action that um, you can ask your Google Home Mini um, to read you a story, and, and you can follow along with the story um, in uh, in the book. And um, you know, uh, they had this really nice looking display, and uh, looked like maybe one person over the whole month of December had bought one. <laughs> and, uh, and that was about it. Uh, I, you know, I haven't sort of seen any reporting on that. Uh, but, um, it did strike me as this is, this is wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. um, sort of thing going on. And it also, it, it touches on something else too. And I talked about that. I, this is, this now is on the publishing side of things. And, and I, I, I talk about this, um, in almost every talk that I give where I'm talking about specific use cases, there's a sadness about something like that, that it, it turns people off because when someone, you're, you're, you're one of two people, either you, you're walking the halls, the, the, the aisles of, of Walmart and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're not even dreaming of buying that. You're just hoping that you make it to the cash register with enough to buy what, what you, you know, something to eat or you're in Walmart and you're looking around and you're looking at that and you're saying, well, isn't that, isn't that sad that someone needs that to read to their children? Either way, it's a, it's a lose, lose. And so, um, you know, I, I had those thoughts as I was looking at that and, um, Oh, go ahead, Mary Alice. Yeah, I I had the opposite thought. I saw the exact same display, um, you know, given my background and a lot of kids marketing, um, you know, anything that helps a kid to read, I think is important. So I think that that actually was wonderful. I think the thing that, um, you know, was notable in that particular situation, it was a big cardboard box in the middle of an aisle, is it wasn't curated. I mean, there's no mistake that Amazon is curating their device experiences you know, now at their physical stores, um, but it's highly curated. So I think in that particular situation, it was more um, the lack of the opportunity to explain, you know, what this was and how it worked. Um, It also was on a scale of like one to 10, it was like a two version. It wasn't very immersive or interactive. It was more like a read along, which is very common for kids. Um, so, you know, that's where I think we've missed, um, a little in voice, um, is we haven't really thought through, you know, how magical, you know, voice can be for kids, um, and really, um, you know, kind of presented that as, as something to invite kids into most of the 
stuff out there on skills now is pretty young. Um, I'm personally a fan that I think um, if we're going to live in the world of Jetsons, like Lauren's talking about, you know, an automated home, um, I personally, um, talking to like Amy at Tellables, um, you know, why aren't we spending more time on that 10 to 15 year old, you know, that middle school avid reader or that middle school, um, you know, tech savvy kid who is going to buy that home someday when they graduate from college, they're going to live in that automated home. And so, um, again, I, I think the Walmart piece was probably not able to execute, but I think it was a good step, but I'd love to see a lot more from voice, um, targeted at middle school children, um, because I think they're the ones who, um, should be interested not only to have that in their lives in the future because of all the convenience that Lauren was talking about, but also because we need those skills. I mean, the voice industry is going to need those skills and those are, you know, the students who can actually, have goals, you know, to be a part of the voice industry in creating the content or coding or building the devices that um, are going to be a part of our life. I, I personally believe in a big way. Yeah, I hear that. I think that's a huge blind spot. It's like middle school and adolescence because, you know, with younger children, um, you know, we've seen that, um, you know, among other things, you expose younger children to this technology, you know, basically these computers, and it improves their speech, mm-hmm. improves their language. We've already mm-hmm. seen it. It's, mm-hmm. it's been reported multiple times, and you know that. Um, the, the Walmart thing, it, it is interesting. And, and like so many things with Walmart, it's just, it's just thrown out there. Here you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, with no, and, and the, the, the presentation of it was, hey, look, here's these two things we decided to shrink wrap together with no explanation. Um, so yeah, there was, there was some de- marketing deficiencies, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, agree. Anything that gets the written word in front of people is a beautiful thing. It's just, uh, it, it, as you said, and as a theme, it ter- turns out to be a theme of the show 2.0, when they do that again, hopefully they learn some things about, uh, how that didn't work the first time. Um, excellent comments all, all across the board here. I, I it's, uh, yeah, I, and just going even before I get off of this, is there any voice application that targets adolescent students? Um, yeah, um, a, a couple of um, efforts come to mind. Um, if you go to the Echo Dot, um, the kids edition. Um, there are a few skills, um, probably more on the game side that are interesting, like SpongeBob, believe it or not, translates all the way up to college. Okay. <laughs> um, not, not necessarily that that skill does, but, you know, um, I know teenagers who have tried that skill. Um, so I think there is some interest in traction. I, I think personally, um, we need to approach it more uh, like a book series, um, because if you take the 10 to 15 year old, what they're consuming for content uh, besides, you know, everything on their phone, um, but they're reading series of books, you know, eight books, you know, deep, deep, deep into the fandom. And I just think that there need to be some brands step up and actually show people what good looks like. Um, my, my wish list would be Harry Potter. I would love to see a uh, Harry Potter interactive audio narrative. And I believe it would be, you know, record-breaking globally. 
Um, but that's what I think we need right now is somebody to show us what good looks like and invite that middle school consumer in. Um, and I think it could be a really, really big, big deal for the voice industry. I would just love to see exposing um, middle school students to the technology more. Um, and, um, you know, because having it wash over them, what happens? You know, especially ones who are marginal at, at reading, um, you know, maybe deficient, uh, maybe flat out illiterate. Um, how, you know, what happens? I'd love have, to see that. Have, have you ever tried the You Choose from Capstone? Yes. Um, Yes, there. Yeah, um, that was made by Earplay, and it's out. Yes, it's in the book, um, but it's it's really great content. Um, they are so expert in schools, um, so to have the opportunity to experience um, that learning in a very immersive way in voice, um, I think is is a great example of of what voice can do. And then, of course, we know, um, you know. Uh, Different people are championing um, some of the educational efforts uh, to figure out how to bring it into schools uh, with respect for privacy and uh, anonymity and some of those other challenges. But, you know, like our good friend Julie down in Chattanooga, um, people are working to make this work. And I think it is really important to bring that in front of kids. And it's going to happen, but it's going to take some time. Schools are a whole other ball game. You have plenty of people say, get this out of here. And then, then you have some pioneers willing to take it on like a Julie. L Lauren, uh, your l last words on this, and then we'll get on to stories three and four. Yeah, no, I just, um, actually, this kind of ties into what we're talking about, but also the next story. Um, uh, but with the 10 to 15-year-old set, I have an 11-year-old daughter who's very gifted. Um, she's reading at a college level. Um, and I feel like this, um, like this voice flow app, which we'll get into, but being able for her to develop these stories and you were saying getting some of these younger children involved in the future of this, I feel like, I mean, she would just eat this up seeing these, you know, non-coded things where you can like skill flow builder and, um, voice flow. I mean, I think that that is a game changer, honestly. And, I would love to introduce those to her and see, just watch the magic happen, you know, and even getting those, you know, um, you know, Bradley and I went to school together and we were there when Oregon Trail was, you know, we were in the first computer classes um, in our town, you know, and there was green, the green typing and the Oregon Trail. And, um, you know, I feel like there needs to be classes on this for kids because it's, it's the future. And, uh, I think that also their younger brains, you know, I'm skeptical and I'm sort of, you know, trying to open my mind to it and understand it all, but they're the key. They are. And they're growing up with the expectation that, that, that one talks to computers. And if you, if you talk to a computer and it doesn't talk back, then you're talking to the wrong, you know, you're, you're interacting with the wrong technology <laughs> and you get the right technology in here. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. And, and uh even even more so, you know, to go back to sort of this Amazon Walmart dichotomy, you know, we're seeing that there there's a classist sort of thing going on with smart speakers, and it hasn't really been talked about that much. But we sort of danced around it here on the show. But um, the fact of the matter is that exposure to 
smart speakers as well as all those things that surround them like these no or low code applications like a voice flow um, alters your trajectory just flat out. So, you know, it's important uh, that that sad, uh, sad in my words, sad because it, 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 people weren't buying them display in Walmart. It, that is a um, um, a sign of children not being at the same level that folks who have, you know, these Amazon Alexa devices or whatever, you know, whatever smart speaker you're talking to or even talk to one on the phone will have because it's a different sort of thing. It opens your mind in different ways. Yep. Great comments on that. Oh, go ahead. One more thing. It just makes me sure. think of, you know, the, the classist aspect of it. You know, if, if my daughter and someone in a more disadvantaged community had the same education and access to these tools for development, and you just think of like at the, the skills like Lemonade Stand and Amy Summer, the pitch, um, you think of tools like that that could teach you how to gain financial independence with just a flash briefing, you know, and that you are giving people, you know, these tools on this platform that's just endless possibilities, you know, and it would help that that class's situation altogether, you know. Yeah, and and, and, uh, as we get into 2020, that'll be just something that needs to be talked about more, and I'm sure, sure we will at Project Voice. We're going to abbreviate the rest of the show. I'm going to combine uh, the two stories that are three and four. And uh, Mary Alice, I'll get your thoughts on that. And then story number five, Lauren, I'll get your thoughts on that. Story number three is the voicebot.ai story of the week. As I always say, if you don't know what that is, that's uh, your problem. It's a correctable problem, fortunately for you. Stop the podcast. Go to voicebot.ai, a fantastic news and commentary site for all things voice and AI, VoiceFlow lands investment from the Alexa fund. VoiceFlow is one of the shooting stars of this voice firmament. I'm a big believer in what they're doing. Um, they've got a fantastic team. Um, honored that they're going to be at Project Voice. Uh, I'm a big fan. Story number two uh, from VoiceBot.ai, which is our story number four for the week, Matchbox.io acquires Alexa skills from Operlo. Now, this is an interesting one because it sort of shows one company divesting while another one is investing. Um, Mary Alice, when you see these stories, um, you know, 2019 has been marked by a lot of investment in the space, exponentially more investment in the space this year than we saw in 2018 which itself was exponentially more than 2017. There's this hockey stick curve going on with the, 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 invest, the VC investment in the space. Um, your thoughts, one way or the other, what do, you, what, do you, what do you glean from either these two stories together or either one in isolation? Yeah, um, first of all, definitely want to congratulate both, um, both VoiceFlow and Matchbox um, OI because, um, you know, both of them have built something and pioneered and uh, brought something forth that's clearly gotten some traction. Um, so I know all of us in the voice community, um, even you know uh, people who aren't as familiar with these, are happy to see that investment because it shows 
um, you know, kind of milestones to the growth that's ahead. Um, but one thing I'll say, um, that both these struck, um, me as a marketer particularly is, um, it also is kind of pointing a little bit to some of the challenges going on inside of voice right now. Um, in particular, um, you know, the Matchbox article, there was a quote, um, that was talking about, you know, that this acquisition is great because bringing, you know, find my phone audience cross promoted over, you know, to the, to the voice apps that they already have as a way to cross promote and grow, um, you know, the actual voice experiences, um, you know, that points out a challenge. It's, it's challenging to be found and to be discovered. We've talked a lot about that, um, you know, throughout the voice community. Um, so I, th I think that's one thing that it points out to me is we haven't solved that yet, making it easy for people to find and those who build make it easy to be discovered. Um, so I think that's going to continue to be a hot topic. Um, on the voice flow side, um, you know, the article was talking a lot about this is a strategic investment versus a financial investment. Um, I, I think it's a sign that people are ready to move past transactional. Um, we're seeing that we need to go to more immersive experiences where people see the value in what the voice can, technology can do. And what it's been able to do for years, it just hasn't been shared yet. And so I, I see both of these as um, ways to kind of continue to push forward. But I also think we need to, you know, continue to work on together um, discoverability and also, um, you know, that idea that we need to educate. If you wanted to, you could, great commentary. I appreciate that. If you wanted to, you could spin the matchbox story as a negative for Amazon if you wanted to, mm -hmm. because here you've got, you know, this company that created some really profound skills, including find my phone, which to me has a real argument for being the number one third party skill that, that exists. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you can debate that, you know, doesn't matter. It's a, it's a top one. You, it just suffices to say that. And here they are, you know, one of the co-founders exiting voice completely, the other one doing something else you don't really know, and they're divesting the skills. Um, you know, Amazon, Amazon needs to be following that closely, and they need to learn as much about what happened there, how, however they priced these Alexa skills to sell. How, how on earth you would do that, I don't know. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I think I think I think what's missing from voice, and I'll go back to um, kind of my intro. I'm a brand marketer. Um, at the end of the day, my job is to create demand for the product, service, or entertainment content that you know I'm focused on. Um, and we haven't had demand creation uh, yet in the voice industry. In other words, showing people and leading them through to the conclusion that they can find things and enjoy them and vote, you know, like this, don't like that. Um, I think, I think people are way, way, way back down the early experience, you know, continuum right now. And I would love to see, 
um, some really aggressive marketing in 2020 to show people what's possible. Um, I'll give one example. I had the opportunity with Earplay. We were at South by Southwest last year. And, um, you know, with an Earplay story, um, you're able to choose outcomes and, you know, play through the story. And then you go back and play it again. And, and it'll be a different story, but all within the same uh, storyline. Um, and when people would listen to what their voice could do, controlling the story with the high, you know, quality music sounds and human voice, um, they were like, this is like a feature film in my head. Um, we need to get the word out that voice is very powerful and it's endless in the things that it can do and start showcasing that um, beyond just simple um, transactional things that we can do today with voice. Amen. Amen. Um, <laughs> Lauren, we're going to wrap the show up with you. Story number five uh, from Harvard Business School. It's no joke. AI beats humans at making you laugh. I love including a story like this at the end of a show. Um, your your thoughts as you took a look at this, um, given your background, um, what'd you think? Did yeah, so, you know, I went to acting school. I was uh, on the improv team. I know about laughter. Um, and I took, and there's the skeptic in me here. So I took issue with this on a few levels um, because it, it's, it's based on uh, people just reading the jokes and that, um, or the computer reading it, or the people reading it and guessing what would make, and a joke is is integral to voice. Actually, the way it's the the tone of your voice, the personality of the person delivering it. Um, if you love the person, uh, you laugh more because you adore them. Or if um, maybe the person just delivering this really bad joke makes you feel sorry for them, and it's or it's just funny seeing this particular person tell a joke, you know, um, even if, whether it's funny or not. Um, and so to me that that whole aspect of it, which is very much tied to voice and person, um, was kind of left out of the equation, you know, and I found that interesting. Um, and then, um, you know, cause that's just reading a joke. Yeah. Uh, but you know, what makes it really funny is that the voice and the delivery and, um, and also the analytics part of it, the, um, the predictive analytics, like, I think those are great. And I think there's a huge, like, growing market, especially with the, there's just so many television shows now, you know, you can't even see them all. And so having, like, I value it when Netflix gives it, me those predictive analytics, but I also pine for the days of Blockbuster. Again, here I am with my, like, old school, <laughs> you know, I loved that sort of looking at the picture on the front of the cover and reading the back and the process of discovery and the power that I felt um, and, the, and the time, the feeling of that you can breathe and, and just, you know, walk through and meander and discover things. So I feel like, I feel like there's something lost in that. Um, I do, I do recognize that it's very, uh, it's incredibly helpful and in, in when everything's moving so fast. Um, but, but also, um, one last point about this article, they touched on how, um, marketers use that to, you know, you see the Google ads pop up on the side based on how, you know, they're following you and they figure out what you like and what you don't like. Well, I'm an editor and I fact check the weirdest things on a daily basis. I mean, from browning guns to, 
types of shoes. It's just all over the place. And so the things that are marketed to me have nothing to do with who I really am. I mean, it's just wacky, wackadoodle ads for, for me. Um, so you're probably getting a lot of Amazon echo ads after doing this book. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so those are my, my, you know, main thoughts on, on all that. And that's again, probably the skeptic and the non user in me. No, that's great. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I'm a big fan of humor. That's why uh, at project voice, we're having a roast of Brett Kinsella voicebot.ai and, uh, uh, my part, my part will be funny, at least to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I make that promise, <laughs> but uh, it may not be funny to the uh, to, to uh, the recipients or anyone else. Uh, but um, no, yeah, humor humor has a lot to it. It's it's complex, and it's and, and really what underlies what you just said. It, it's funny how with voice. Um, and and just understanding this technology, we come to understand just how complex human interactions and and it's the humanity is. You know, uh, the voice. You you have no appreciation for the complexities of the voice until you see something like a canary speech, which will be a project voice. Shameless plug. Um, canary speech. Their entire thing is. Um, helping people have uh, preemptive almost health care by listening to your voice. You don't have to be saying anything in particular, but listening to your voice as measured against a baseline. And there's a lot of hidden data there that they can know if you if you're, you know, maybe the sound of my voice right now uh, signals that uh, I, I've got a warning sign for some disease and I would never know. Um, and uh, there's all sorts of interesting things that, that are dormant, they're, they're latent, they're, they're uh, waiting to be discovered in our voice, this hidden data of the body. Um, and uh, that's just one example of many, you know, um, and, and with jokes and humor, uh, the complexity of, uh, as you said, of personality and tone and delivery and timing. Um, you know, uh, it'll be a while before, uh, before an AI can compete with Chappelle or whoever or... Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, so I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm, I'm right there with you. I appreciate both of y'all setting this time aside to be on the show. Um, fascinating perspectives. Uh, Mary, Mary Alice, it's a pleasure. Lauren, this has been a long time coming. Um, uh, honored to have you both. Thank you very much for being, being on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. For This Week in Voice, Season 4, Episode 11. Thank you for listening or watching if you're watching on YouTube. Until next time.